I'm Bill. And I'm Ted. And we're Classic, Classic Movie Banter. Banter. Whoa. Now dig on this. Welcome to Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast. I was about to say, drop the voice. We're not doing a whole episode. Like, I, I can't. Do I can't. It. It's, too, it's, it's so funny. stupid. Oh, man. Could you imagine being on set and they keep this up the whole fucking time? Like, imagine like sitting at the extras table, you're having lunch with Keanu and all that. Imagine oh. like you're about to go to bed and how hoarse your voice is. You're like, Ugh. Do you reckon people actually talk like that? Like, I've been to California. I've never met anyone like that. Like, like do they actually like... Like, 24-7 sound like that, Brenton. Guys, can you tweet at us and let us know? <laughs> the Valley accent, <laughs> is it really that bad? <laughs> is it really a thing? Uh, Maybe we should just change our accents and just talk like this from now on. Like, oh man, like, that was such a good movie. Yeah, 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 While Brenton's yeah. finding his new identity, I'm here to introduce the listeners to classic movie banter. <laughs> you know that a- show... <laughs> <laughs> this is With a me, that guy Shut up, Brenton. I want to do it for once. Shut up. All right. Oh, what, no. What even is no, it? No, this uh, is my thing. No, no, oh, no. Well, fine. I'm here to welcome you, to welcome, welcome you to Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast where me, that dude, Brenton, and that other dude over there, Nathan, Whoa. we talk about films that are 20 years, 20 years or older, and we tell you, our lovely listeners, whether they're still worth watching today. Or not. Like if you threw them into a telephone box that ended up being a time machine and sent them back to the Jurassic period Jeez. to get hit by a meteor. So, so listeners, you can read the title. You know what we're here to do today. You, you, you know why you're here. We're here to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. What year did this come out, Brenton? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, released in 1989. It is an American science fiction comedy film. And it was dire- directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed, funnily enough, like there wasn't many films films on his filmography that I was like, oh, I can say something fun about that. But there is one. Steven directed the remake of 101 Dalmatians, uh, which starred Glenn Close and released in 96. I'm not fucking with you. I literally watched that last week. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I just like for casual viewing. I got desperate. I'm like, what's on Disney Plus? And I watched it. Before you say your opinion, I remember as a kid, like having that, that on video. And I didn't love it all that much. Is it a shit movie, Nathan? It's no good, Brenton. It really is no good. You know what? The first half is fine, but then the second half just turns into like a, like a Home Alone movie, but with dogs. Jeff Daniels is Roger in that, right? He is. Jeff Daniels is in it. And um, he's, he's in it. He's not, he hasn't got much to do. There's a scene where he gets thrown into like the water when like a dog has got him by the leash, but that's really it. Oh, that's right. Do they do the... I can't remember, but do they do the whole scene where Pongo and Purdy like bloody wrap the two around each other and what a what a time do you reckon dogs actually do you know arthur weasley plays one of them does he do you know that the two those two henchmen they're played by arthur weasley and hugh laurie that's right that's right that's so right <laughs> it's such a weird combo and i don't know why that's a thing nathan do you think that dogs in real life that want to get it on do you think that they go hey like i can see you i've seen you on my dog walks you know every every day let's get together and wrap our owners together and try and get them to get it on as well so then we can you know get it on and have 101 fucking babies do you think that that's a thing that happens it happened to me I, that's why i'm just asking <laughs> but i got confused because my memory my memory of that thought oh no the one mother has to birth 100 dalmatians but it's not she only has like 15 it's only because other dalmatians get abducted with the others so cruella gets them from like eight different homes yeah, and that's then right. at the end 
they choose to adopt the rest of the Dalmatians that's that brings right. it up to 101. So there, there's only like uh. 15 births, and I'm like, oh, that's not like the worst okay. thing. He, here's the second question to you then, Nathan. Do you think... if you, You're you not a dog owner. No, I'm not, sadly. But if you did own a dog, and it disappeared for a while, and you are going, where's my dog gone? And then one day it just rocked up with 101 pups. <laughs> Would you just take them all in? <laughs> No. And also, if you look at their apartment, which is in, like, central London, it's very small. Just the logistics of having 101 Dalmatians. I'm just like, I can't. Like, This is a film we should talk about at a latter No, it really like isn't. Maybe- it's not worth the podcast. Like, it's just, it's nothing. Don't watch it. I, I meant the original. I didn't mean the Oh, I didn't right. Mean the yeah, remake. the original's a good time. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. I remember it being a good time. Is is Glenn Close good in that movie though? She's no. amazing. And you know what? Right. The the set design for her office and the costume design is outstanding. It's so good. Yeah. That holds up. Yeah. It really does. Like okay. her performance is great. Well, we've just shat on one of Stephen's uh latter films. So let's talk about Bill and Ted Brenton. And you know what? I'm so happy Brenton. I'm going to pitch you this movie. Can you pitch me the movie? Okay, Brenton, have you ever tripped on acid before? <laughs> no. Well, Brenton, after seeing this movie, you pretty much well have. Because here's the oh. idea for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right. Bill and Ted, we're in the 80s, Brenton. Literally everything in this movie will give away that we're in the 80s. And Bill and Ted, they're high school students. They look as though they're in their early 20s, but that's okay. They're high school students. And they want to be rock stars, Brenton. So they're writing tunes in their garage. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this fucker called Rufus, played by George Carlin, one of the greatest comedians of all time, he rocks up and he's like, hey, you guys got to go through history and pass your history exam that's on tomorrow. Because if you don't, the time stream's going to be messed up and that's all. And so Bill and Ted, in order to pass their history exam, have to travel through time and interview various historical figures so they get that A and save the world. Nathan, I have a couple questions. One is, why is it so integral to the future timeline that Bill and Ted passed this test. Because in the future, Brenton, they end up writing a song that, quote-unquote, saves the world and makes a utopia. So that's why it's important. Do we ever get any more answers than that? No, Brenton, we don't. (laughs) It's not important. We just want two idiots to time travel. Question number two. Is there a good use of historical figures and their timelines used in this film? And and if you knew nothing about these people, would you learn something? Well, if I'm pitching you a movie and you want want a time-traveling adventure, there's going to be appearances from Napoleon, Socrates, Billy the Kid, others. They're all in there. So... (laughs) So, you know, there's there's a historical figure for everyone, you know? Okay. Oh, for everyone, right. For okay. everyone. Interesting. Okay, well, you have me sold, so I'm going to give you plenty of funds to go find two young hooligans to play these two young hooligans. Thank and, you. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Alex Wilder, we already got him hired. They're going to get the gig. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Nathan, have fun making it. Thank you. It probably was a fun shoot. Like, if anything was going to be a fun shoot, it'd be this movie. You know what I mean? You know what? I don't know if I'd have fun making this. Like, I, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I'd have fun if I was playing one of the historical figures. I don't think I'd have fun if I was playing Bill Although, and Ted. Although, to be honest with you, I feel like none of the actors who are playing the historical figures are actually, like, they don't have much to play with. You know no. what I mean? Like, none of them gets a moment, per se. So, like, maybe Genghis Khan. No. Maybe he gets a little fun to do later on. But, like, you know, <laughs> right. we'll get into it. <laughs> Let's get into the next segment. And can you please tell me what you thought of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? Oh, my God, Brenton. What is this movie? What is this movie? Like, like how did this get made? <laughs> I don't know how this got made, but... This is one of those movies that I put it on and I was watching it for the show. Yeah. And 
it crossed my mind at a point that this is one of those movies that was made, and I know it was made, I kind of know knew what the premise was going into it, and it does nothing with it. It is everything nothing. that you think it's going to be, and I didn't really need to watch it in the first place. No. It's just, it's, you know what? I mean, the premise is ridiculous, right? Like, I, I remember, because I because obviously, like, you and I know nothing going into a movie, right? So, it kind of dawned on me, like, like, wait a minute. Is this whole movie just about them trying to get an A in a history exam? I'm like, is that really what the stakes are? I'm like, we don't really find out what happens if they don't pass. You know what I mean? We're not introduced to what happens if they don't get that A. So, when they're traveling through time to, like, learn about history, which is the most convoluted way to learn about history, I'm like, I don't care about any of this. I didn't feel like there was a single bit of stakes the entire movie, regardless of what situation they got in. Well, the thing is, I think I think that comes back to, look, I think I think the actors are doing the best they can with what they've got. Yeah. But we don't. But we don't actually give a shit about Bill and Ted to begin with. No, or any of them, to be honest with no. you. Like, there's later on in the movies, I kind of fell in love with a couple of the historical figures because I'm like, oh bless, <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because because they they because the premise of this movie is that they spend like ten minutes in each time period just doing a little shenanigan, and then they take these historical figures and put them in the other time periods, and they yep. do nothing with that. They'll grab like no. Napoleon, and then they'll put them in like the Wild Wild West, and like no one. At any of these time periods, bats an eye. Like, no one is, like, going, like, wait a minute. Like, you, you're dressed from the future. And, oh, by the way, Bill and Ted are the worst time travelers I think I've ever seen in a movie. Agreed. I remember when I first watched Back to the Future, and one of the reasons I dislike those movies is because bloody Marty McFly is a fucking idiot. Like, he is the one of the <laughs> worst time travelers ever, ever put in cinema because he is moronically like sharing how much he's from the future in each of those movies but now he looks like a fucking saint compared to Builder Ted because like they're just breaking all the rules Brenton this movie is broken this is a broken film Brenton oh Nathan you bu- you you pulled out the B word I did oh, oh boy <laughs> oh, oh and I'm not putting it back look I, I hear you I hear everything you're saying are you getting frustrated at this I, I don't know if I necessarily agree about the back to the future comment but I can I can understand where you're coming from I think where I'm coming from is that I don't think I'm necessarily as in insulted like i'm not as insulted by this film as you are you know what i mean like no. i feel like i don't i don't have a seething desire to like express like how much this movie like i you know the issues with the film because they're undoubtedly there and i just didn't even care enough to begin with to invest in in this discussion you know what i mean like i, I know. know i'm reviewing the movie and i can say i can say what i think about the film but at the end of the day i guess this is a huge criticism after this episode, I don't know if I'm ever going to think about this again. Like, no. if someone brings up Bill and Ted with a great fondness, I'll go, one, I don't know where that's really coming from or why that exists, but, you know, you do you. Yeah. Why is this movie famous? I think, like, why? I thought, okay, let's put our heads into the mind space of someone from the 80s, right? So, you know, imagine we've got a huge coke addiction, you know, for, for some reason we think Lycra's <laughs> a good, good idea, you know. We're still probably yeah. racist against Russians, who knows? So, like... <laughs> We're in that headspace and we're watching this movie and genuinely, like, I think, like, it's guilty of a lot of 80 movies, e.g. Breakfast Club. I think a lot of it is also this film's... This film was a love letter to 80s rock music. You know what I mean? Was it? Well, like, it's about them wanting to be a rock band. Where did you get that from? Where, where is where is the love letter to rock music? All I got... Well, they keep on air guitar in every, like, third minute. And like, oh, mate. you know, that's not that's not a love letter. Maybe they were trying to like, look, this was made in the <laughs> this late is a 80s. Howler. Maybe this they is were a Harry to- Potter howler. 
I agree. There was a howler direct, directly um, pointed at 80s rock music because, oh my God. How dare you steal that phone booth? The record companies and I are absolutely disgusted. I'm a secret advocate for 80s rock. You know what I mean? I like to put on the old... I mean, you rocked up with the Van Halen show today, Brenton. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like that kind of shit. And like, you know what? Yeah. I can, I so can get So you would have it. loved this movie soundtrack because it's outstanding, right? Again, look, it kind of went over my head. Oh, because you're used to hearing this every day you're like oh yeah <laughs> it wasn't even that like i just feel like there was no scene in this film that warranted the use of like the music you know what i mean like, no there was nothing it's weird as well because they'll go to different time periods but they'll keep on shoehorning all this 80s rock music in the middle of it it just doesn't mesh what's that sofia coppola film didn't sofia coppola make a movie like set in like the victorian times or something like that that had like all this like modern like rock pop music or something i'm not sure she did something like that what this movie does and she got blasted for it as well bloody sofia coppola so like I feel like this is doing the same thing look the the biggest thing going for this movie is that it doesn't take itself serious and it's very self-aware but it's mm. hard to invest into what this film wants you to invest in when it's not taking itself seriously to a certain extent in, in regards to say the the stakes as you said before so for me like it doesn't invest enough in the early game to have the payoff no. towards the end you know what I mean and and the other thing is that's really the probably the biggest criticism of this film apart from obviously those major story issues is that the jokes aren't funny it's the same joke over no. and over again and like to be honest with you I kind of got oh, I love the woes you know we get well, this is what where Keanu Reeves got his famous woe from but like it does get old and them talking in time did get on my nerves eventually <laughs> like, yeah exactly yeah. look it's like you compare it to say like because it's the same joke principally as have you seen like the SNL skit like the Californians when they're all like pretending they're from the valley and they're all in the mansion and they're all like it's like the plot's like doesn't make sense and they're all just being dickheads and doing these funny accents and, and faces like I find that funny to watch but again that's a two minute sketch yeah you don't need to do a whole movie of this it's just and and it's funny to watch people break and see how far they can take that accent and yeah. how ridiculous this movie they can get feels like an snl movie like they took a, a sketch and just stretched it out for a whole film kind of yeah but again like if you stretch it out for the whole movie and it's the same joke like it's the same sketch for it's oh. the same two minute sketch for an hour and a half which is how long this film feels it feels like three hours it feels just... so fucking long it crawls like i i like the subplots probably more than the actual main plot to be honest with you because there's probably the best premise for a B storyline I've ever seen in a movie. Which you know what? I'm actually <laughs> gonna you know what I think I can spoil what the B storyline is. I think that's okay. We can spoil spoil what it involves, sure. You can set it up. So the main storyline is Bill and Ted going about on the historical adventures, but the B storyline, which I argue is a much better movie, and a movie I probably would have preferred to see, is they leave Napoleon the French emperor to be babysat by Keanu Reeves' little brother? Or is it Alex Wilder's little brother? One of them. No, it's Keanu's. Yeah, Yeah, it's Keanu's little brother. So his little brother has to take Napoleon out for like a whole day trip. And just like to see Napoleon like go to the mall, like like all this, (laughs) it's amazing. And like, and the storyline with that escalates and it's incredible. Like that's the movie I wanted to see. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree that there's, again, look, this film has all the setup to have some good funny moments. Yeah, you could do stuff with this premise. Yeah, totally. Like, going around uh, with historical figures, going to different time periods uh, with two dickheads, basically, is is a could be a, a fun idea. But it just does nothing with it. Like, I think the no. Napoleon stuff, like you said, is probably the 
the most charming, let's say, like yeah. parts of the film are like those those moments when like you know there's there's bowling alleys, you know there's. Did you think of Double Indemnity when you saw Napoleon there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a I had a sneaky flashback for a second there. But again, like there's just not enough invested into the actual like character relationships, and I don't I don't no. want something deep. No one goes and really arcs. They don't have major arcs in this movie. You know what? As well, this film is so derivative. Yeah. You see this premise done a billion times, but the fa- you know what's so funny? So I was reading up on this. So originally the phone booth that they time travel in was. Meant to be a van they but the filmmakers thought it was too similar to the delorean from back to the future they thought oh no this is too derivative so you know it's not derivative a time traveling <laughs> phone booth that hasn't been done before yeah. brenton my mind didn't even go to the delorean when you said the van you know what i mean like that makes yeah. more sense for bill and ted from a just the design perspective of like who they are what they're about like that makes sense yeah but again the delorean is like a, a whole separate entity i feel like to that though, uh. if you could get away with it i guess maybe because it was the same era like and you know it's American, it's not British, as say, like Doctor Who, that they thought they could get away with it. But yeah. again, the whole time I was like, I thought instantly, as soon as that phone booth appeared, I was like, really? You're just, you're just copying Doctor Who. And also, it's the stupidest thing, considering like, how many people they bring into the phone booth. The amount of people they cram into that fucking phone booth. I'm like, that's probably the most egregious thing this movie does. Like, but, no but one should fit in it. That could have been a funny joke. That could have been yeah. hilarious. And like, it's it's like that classic joke of like, the thing, like the bag or whatever it is, the, the object that looks like it can only fit a certain amount but like things keep coming out of it like that's a funny gag like if you yeah. play it right so like there's again it's another missed opportunity to do something fun with that instead they're just kind of crammed in there do i do like that the phone booth also actually works as a phone booth i do like that element of it <laughs> <laughs> like they do use yeah. it to make a phone call at one point like that's great but but just like but in general with that they just they just do nothing with it and you know what what pisses me off the most as well like this feels like an 80s edutainment video this feels like like we've sat down in class we're like in high school with our little zits in the 80s watching this like shit thing on like like <laughs> it's like hey dude i'm keanu hey and i'm alex and this is history it's like socrates was a pretty cool guy it's like you know what i mean like you're not really yeah it, you know what it treats the audience as idiotic as keanu is it, it presumes we kind of know nothing about these famous people besides their names you don't really get anything out of it it should be taking the opposite tact like maybe like there should be some in jokes that we understand that the characters maybe don't about these people because we understand where they're from um but at the same time maybe it goes a bit deeper into each of their characters and how uh, how that changes in, re- in regards to how they react with to Bill and Ted, how they react to each other, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Genghis Khan reacting with Napoleon or like... Yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I hated this movie so much because it didn't have the famous people actually doing something that pertained to them. Like, not once do they yeah. ever actually need Socrates to have a little moment and, like be, in, like, be philosophical. Or they never really get Genghis Khan to be that brutal. Or they never get, like, Abraham Lincoln to, like, like broker some peace. Like, the famous people don't actually do the things that they're famous for you know what does this this idea a lot better and it's not it's not exactly the same idea but it's still getting a bunch of historical figures to interact with each is other is it not at the museum brenton yeah dude absolutely it's, yeah this is a shitty night at the museum it's like it's not Genghis Khan, but who's that like aggressive caveman guy that like you know gets a that's also with them you know in the museum there's like a really aggressive guy with like a like a mallet i forget it but like even like sacagawea like in night of the museum sacagawea is like you know doing the exploring you know you know teddy roosevelt you know is trying to keep everyone calm and that kind of stuff like everyone like even the easter island head like does something like that pertains to what he is exactly yeah and so it's fun like it's like as a as a family film you know that's from a certain time it's it's a idea and it and it makes on the promise of like bringing a bunch of historical figures from different timelines together and interacting in yeah. the modern world like it's a fun it's idea it's much better 
They go to. They even go to like dinosaur periods. They even go to dinosaur periods, and they never even actually bring up the dinosaurs. Like you can so see this movie's budget. Like you can so see where the money's at. I just did a Google of who the who was it? It's Attila the Hunt. Oh, Attila. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's like even he in those movies does a lot more. You know. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, like you could change out any of these historical figures for anyone else, and it'd have zero impact on the movie. Yeah. Also, the sheer volume of historical figures they get, they don't need. Like to be honest, there's not even that many. No. Until a certain point. Also, what history presentation? requires these specific like eight time periods you know what i mean yeah it's such a random combination like i felt they got like a dartboard and was just like randomly listing like random famous people and like oh yeah let's just throw them in it is bizarre isn't it the more you think about it you're just like why what history class is this really and they also when they time travel they don't spend enough time in that period for it to mean anything like by the time they actually try to start to develop a storyline they just leave and they just get someone else i just don't get it you know what as well the directing in the cinematography is shit oh yeah just throwing like, it out there the film as a film kind of sucks like we're just kind yeah. of like going between moments and not really investing in anything like from a cinematic perspective, you're just kind of watching things happen in these wide shots. There's moments that could be a moment or, you know, we could be do something interesting with it, but we just, like, that's that's the biggest... That's, like, the, the quote of the, like... And to sum up this movie is that, like, has promise but never lives up to it or does anything with it. So you just feel like ah. you're just watching stuff happen. Like, Doctor Who does this better. Legends of Tomorrow does this better. Cursed Child does this better. And that's saying Ooh, something. You're bringing out the big boys. I know, and I hate Cursed Child. But even Cursed Child does better with its time travel in this movie. Like, Because at least the people do something. Like, I, I, was, I was so hyped for this project. I actually felt hype. Like, I was excited. Really? To, yeah, because I love Keanu, and I and it's a funny premise. I don't know. If I'm being positive, I guess I guess the two lead performances, you can see why Keanu went on to, like, you know, you can see that there's talent there. You can see that, you know, these guys have the ability to hold their own with some screen presence and, and do something. But, like, one, they're not given much to do with, and two, they're just not great templates for characters because they're not characters. They're just kind of these two-dimensional things that say lines and do the same shit over and over again and never develop or do anything. So, like, why should we be expected to do the same? I don't know, Brent. I don't, I've generally, like, no good answer for that. Why is this movie so beloved? I know, man. There's a lot of beloved films from the 80s that I just don't understand why it is. Like, and that's kind of why we have this podcast, because, like, in 2020, Jesus, like, what what would you get out of Bill and Ted? Should we rate it? Yeah, we should rate it, because it. that's kind of the question of this, of this episode. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? So, yeah, I'm putting my thumbs down, because, like, for me, there's just nothing in this that gets me excited or, you know, that I can even yeah. see in as to why it would get some of you, our listeners, excited. I'm just kind of... I just find it a bit derivative. Narratively, there's not that much going on, and it's like... And you know what? I think maybe in the sequels, especially in Bill and Ted 3, maybe you could get something out of it, but, like, I just can't see anyone loving this that hasn't seen it and is going to watch it today. Like, you might love the soundtrack, like, even if you love the rock music, sure, but, like, it just doesn't do anything with it. Couldn't agree more, Nathan. Should we get into some spoilers, though? You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. So, the scene I want to start with, one of the subplots that never go goes anywhere from the start is when we go to Bill's house for the first time. Oh, my goodness. And they're trying to do their study. Oh, my goodness. For their, for their project. I, I cringed. There's this bizarre scene where, because we meet uh, Bill's stepmom, 
who is looks probably around their age. What's it, Millie? Molly, whatever her name is? Like uh, I can't remember. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. She's quite young and uh she rocks up. She was a senior when they were juniors or whatever or freshmen. <laughs> like she's only maybe three or four years older. Yeah, she picks them up from school, drops them home, and then Bill's dad rocks up in their room, just like checking their studying, whatever. She brings in like this was like the one thing I kind of I kind of smirked at that I thought was a bit funny was that she was such a shit cook that she made these like horrid looking sandwiches or whatever they were. <laughs> like yeah. that was funny. I Probably, was like yeah. and she just kind of gives them to everyone and like no one really no one eats them. Like they just kind of hold them for yeah, the Yeah, they're just all like, like oh okay, sure. I was like I was like that's funny. Uh, uh, and anyway, and then he sends them out of Bill's room so they can mm, get it on. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just the weirdest moment. It is it, it never goes yeah, anywhere. The dad's like the, the dad like is like sends them out of the kid's bedroom because he's gonna fuck her. Like like yeah. the, the film's very like blatantly forward with that. Bill kind of shrugs his shoulders and kind of accepts it. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, every fucking time they say, like, dude, that's your stepmom. It's like, you feel like you're watching like a shitty porno. It's like, stop <sighs> it. Like, I don't need this MILF shit in here. Like, get out. I hear you, man. I, again, it's just, it's a classic case of like, there's the jo- there's blatantly the joke. Laugh at it, please. And it's just shitty writing. It's not funny enough on its own terms. Like like I said, I thought the sandwiches were funnier. Yeah. Than the premise that should have been funny. This film fails the Bechdel text, and and it's so like it's so creepy as well. All the women in this film are poorly yeah. represented. It's just it's just insulting. Like it's Joan of Arc, one of the most iconic feminist like figures of history. Like what are you doing with her having a bloody teaching exercise class? Like. <laughs> I honestly forgot about that. Yeah, look, it's it, you can say about any of these historical figures that are just so they're not even like they don't even look like the the historical figures. Like, <laughs> no, no, they're not even the people. Like, like Socrates was the biggest like joke, and not in a good way during this film. Like, what did he offer? What it's did weird he that do? like they're historically accurate in the fact that they don't speak English. Like, they keep that side of it where they wouldn't be able to communicate. But for some reason, everything else is historically inaccurate. It's like, if you're just going to throw away accuracy, at least have them bloody communicate, you know? Yeah, it's weird the times that we spend when the film chooses to spend a lot of time in a different period. Like, we spend so much time in the Old West and introducing Billy the Kid. Yeah. For what? He does nothing. I love it. Speaking of Billy the Kid, my favourite moment with him is when they rock up to the medieval time period and like and Bill and Ted like go off on their adventure and they're trying to like plan what to do with the castle. And in the background, you can see Socrates and Billy the Kid kind of like tossing a football. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> just like, they're just having a good time. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, but there's something there. There's something, again, like there's something there that could happen between Billy the Kid and Socrates. Uh, you don't have like like Lincoln meet like an, like an outlaw from like the Old West. Like, kind of similar periods that they're both from. Yeah. They don't bond over that. In, in Captain America Civil War, when Captain America first meets Spider-Man, they bond that they're both from New York and it's a nice little moment. You don't get anything close to that with like these characters. Again, this brings up the issue of what he history class are they having when they're learning about Socrates and Abraham Lincoln at the same time? I, like it's so I bizarre. know! It's like, <laughs> like, what are like, you doing? It's like, but then again, when you listen to the other, like, speeches from the other kids as well, they're just as awkwardly, like, convoluted. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> it's so one true. of the jocks, for some reason, like, he sounds like he's running for, like, class president or something like that. Like, he kind of, like, stops talking about history at one point and just goes on. I get that it's worthwhile to have Abraham Lincoln and Socrates in the same film. Oh. But if you're not gonna do something fun, fun and you know no. wild that that could only happen when those two people are put in the same room then what was the point i know oh, you have genghis khan the biggest warmonger with abe lincoln who tried to broke a piece you could have them have an interaction you know what i mean oh, like man. 
again. Yeah. Like, There's so much promise again to do yeah. something cool. Genghis Khan was so misogynistic, and yet you have Joan of Arc, who's this feminist figure. Yeah. Like Instead, we just focus on these two idiots oh. that offer nothing but the same gag. It's, it's just like, like oh, well, they actually are like this. It's like, I just, yeah. I don't understand it. You know what, as well? I hate them because they're so idiotic. So they like, when they go to the medieval time and they like, and they leave to go like rescue the princess or whatever it is, they leave Socrates and Billy the Wilder alone with the time machine. Yeah. And I'm like, Bretton, would you leave any historical figure alone with the time machine to take care of it? Uh, probably not. I'd probably keep the group together, you know? Yeah. And the fact as well, like, it's kind of a funny gag. I did laugh. Like, every time they go to, like, the time period, they keep on saying, let's bag them. They keep on, like, (laughs) they keep on just, like, they just blatantly kidnap these historical figures who, by the way, don't put up much of a fight. You know what I mean? They're kind of okay with it, you know what I mean? When they go to other time periods, they're like, oh, yeah, whatevs. You think Socrates in general, what do you... What's going through their minds as these historical figures are being kidnapped? Do you know what I mean? Look, I don't think anyone thought that far ahead. The writers didn't think that far ahead. The characters aren't thinking that far ahead. Ah. No one's really thinking. They just kind of do things. There's a moment in this movie where they pause for snacks, where they have a little snack break in like a thousand, like a million (laughs) BC. And and it's kind of like a little downtime for everyone to catch their breath. And not once is anyone putting up their hand and going... What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they're all still kind of just going with it. And they're not even told that they've been kidnapped to help pass a history exam. They're not even, like, informed as to what this premise is. They kind of just, like, they're all, they're all silent. They all don't have any lines. They're just, like, pulling some weird-ass goofy face. Like, like, what are you doing? Do you want to just talk about the historical figures? Sure. Let's go through let's, these Let's fuckers. go through them. Let's, let's, let's call this thing, which historical figure is most egregiously represented? Because okay. let's save Napoleon for last, because there's a lot I want to talk about with Napoleon. Let's let's let's. Re- well, Napoleon him. probably does the most. Um, yeah. If I'm saying which one is the most egregiously represented, my vote would have to go... I would go for Socrates. Yeah, probably Socrates. Like, Because he's a philosopher. You think he would be like flabbergasted at the time. Oh, it's also from the oldest as well, by the way. So you yeah. think like he would be the most impressed with modern technology? Uh, it's not even that. It's like we never... He's not a character. Like, we just don't learn anything about him. No. We don't, you know, we don't really know what he's about. Like, if you didn't know who Socrates was and you watched this movie, you would kind of be very confused as to why this person robes was getting screen time. Yeah. Like, you don't know. And it's just like... And he's just kind of sitting there, just like, just, you know, twiddling his thumbs. There's one point where he tries to pick up some women at a mall. Like, with, like, Billy the Kid. <laughs> That's right. And you're like, what is oh. going on? And, like, these women are kind of, like, impressed. With, like, like, these Jersey girls are like, oh, look at that man. Oh, he's got a robe on. Like, they're all, like, very impressed with it, but he's doing nothing. And then Socrates' main lesson is that Billy the Kid is, like, the one that picks him up. And he's like, ha ha, maybe I should be a cowboy. It's just, what are you uh, doing with them? Who do you think's the most egregiously represented? Who would you vote for? I debated with this a lot. I actually got a lot triggered by Freud because I'm like, but they kind of have him do some Freud things because I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll forgive that. But the, but like the one I got the most angry, I thought Beethoven was the best actually. In what sense? Because he they just pick him up from a piano and he's still bloody playing the keys as they pick him up, and I love that. But like the th- he does what Beethoven would do, which is he'd go straight to a music store to see what happened to music, and I'm like, that's probably what Beethoven would do. Like you know, he'd want to see the innovation in music. Sure, yeah. So he him I like the most. And, like, he makes some good tunes later on in the movie, as we find out. But, like, I think probably Abe Lincoln. Yeah. One, he speaks English and he barely fucking speaks. Two, when he actually does do the speech and, like, everyone's, like, jerking off to the best president ever because, like, oh, America. Like, they like he ends up doing, like, this kind of <laughs> mediocre script because it was written by mediocre screenwriters. So, like... You know, so like he had his one moment and he fucked that up as well. And, t- and three, there's a scene where Abe Lincoln tries to get like an old photo taken and then he kind of beats up the shopkeeper and runs away. That's, oh man. Like, like Abe th- Lincoln would never do that. <laughs> totally. That's a good vote. 
Dude, there's so many scenes in this movie that you just like talk about, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh, oh yeah, like oh it's man, just... yeah, that's a good vote, man. Yeah, so Abe Lincoln, but I think I think we should now spend some time with Napoleon Brenton. Napoleon does everything in this movie, dude. He he has a he has a wild evening. So originally in this movie, they were gonna make that Hitler. <laughs> I know, I know. But 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 then the screenwriters took it to the producers and they're like, look, I don't think it's like having Hitler, I think is a bit much. So they're like, let's take another dictator from history. I'm just trying to think like, again, that's a fun premise. Like the Hitler idea. Like, well, it, they've done it of um, Look Who's Back, that 2017 yeah. film. Yeah, which is amazing, by the way. Everyone should watch that movie. It's so genius. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But I like I know what you're talking about. But again, I'm it's just great. thinking like at the time, like if they had done that and done something with it, it could have been really cool. Maybe. I, I don't think the screenwriters were that developed enough to do something interesting. With exactly. Hitler. I'm yeah. glad that they didn't do it because it. <laughs> I don't think it would have gone well. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it would have really blown this off in the wrong way. <laughs> but yeah, but they bring Napoleon and like they for some reason they li- okay, so if a Napoleon was kidnapped in the same way if G- Genghis Khan was kidnapped, like and they were brought to this modern time period. First, they'd kill Bill and Ted. Like, they wouldn't even hesitate to kill Bill and Ted. Like, like Napoleon's got a sword the whole movie. Like, he would immediately kill them and take the time machine and try and work out what the fuck's going on. So, like, also, for sure. Napoleon knew English, by the way. So, like, I don't know why they don't have him speak. Or take them hostage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, like, that's going on for starters. And then, to, oh, Jesus, when they rock up in the battle just to kidnap him in the first place, it's like, I just, I, I can't. But like, so like, so the kid has Napoleon and for some reason, the first thing they do is take him to like an ice cream kid's like birthday party thing. Now, Brenton, regardless of how Napoleon acts in this movie, say you and I went to get some ice cream. How would you react, Brenton, if you ate a big tub of ice cream and then the staff treated you like you were an actual pig and gave you a little pig badge for eating ice cream? Insulted is the word that comes to mind. Jesus, <laughs> what are they doing? They like, they have a guy who they presume is some actor in a Napoleon costume, which, because it is, and like... Like, and they're like, oh, you ate a tub of ice cream. Here you go. And the poet's just kind of like, oh, the glass. And he's like, ha ha, ice cream. It's, it's so, look, what an establishment this ice cream parlor is. You know oh what I mean? God. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just, I can't deal with that ice cream venue. And he gets booted out. At one, and then you, and like, if he, if he got thrown out, he would just kill everyone. Would he though? Like, again, like, we're not really going into the psyche of, of what happens when you're taken out of your time period and thrown into the no. future. He's, he's just so petty in this movie. I know. He's such a, he's such a dick. Like, wait, when he, when he really That's a good word for it, dingbat. Yeah. Like when he loses a bowling and he tries to cheat and the kids are kind of rolling their eyes. I know, it's bizarre. Like, he's so he's so petty, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's such a petty child in this film and you're just like, is this Napoleon? It's not Napoleon. I like to think maybe they just got the wrong Napoleon. Maybe just like, <laughs> like he had like like a Padme thing, he had like a body double and they just like grabbed the wrong one and he's just kind of like going with it. Like, oh yeah, maybe I'm Napoleon. So he goes bowling, he cheats at bowling and then- But then the best scene happens. Oh, like this is just bizarre. This is the like, best thing why the movie does. does. Because <laughs> they're like, because they're, for some reason, Bill and Ted are like, oh, if we were Napoleon, where would we go? And for some reason, their <laughs> first thought is a fucking water park. Like, <laughs> like, why? Why in God's name would Napoleon fucking Bonaparte go to a children's water park? In the 80s. I just don't understand. <laughs> and furthermore, why would they think that would be his first place to go? What's funny is, is that they're correct. Like, he's yeah, just there living just it up. He's <laughs> just fucking about. And you know what? 
I was I I was praying. I prayed that in this scene he would go down the waterside in full uniform. I really wanted that to happen. It was just kind of there for the taking. The oh. moment was there. But he's just happen. there in a little like cap and like his little like, you know, bathers. And it's great because he's kind of pushed in front of the line as well. He's just like shoving kids out of the way and he's just going down the waterside. <laughs> and by the way, that water park looks great. Like that that makes me keen to go to a water park after seeing that. Because he's having a good time. I mean, sure, it does look like a good time, but again, I'm still trying to work out one <laughs> why Napoleon Bonaparte knows knows what a water park is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and it's why, so stupid. And, and why he thought to go there. And I love I love it as well when you watch Napoleon try and get into the water park as well, because there's like a woman with like eleven children. It's like cheaper by the dozen. And she's trying to get them all in. And then just in the middle of it, in comes Napoleon Bonaparte, like just like hurtling through the gate. Like he, he just rocks up. What happens when they put him back? That's another thing we don't see. We don't see them put they don't we like we don't see him put any of the historical figures be put back in their time period. Again, there's such a moment for the taking there to have them go back to history class and in the history class because the past has changed at that point. Yeah. To have them be like like, oh, Napoleon is, is you know, is known throughout history as creating the first, like, water park. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't do it. That's the thing. Like, the past doesn't change. We'll talk about time travel soon. But, like, they don't have any consequences for this. So, by the time Napoleon, like, does this little thing, what does... What do, should we talk about this final presentation? Because, like, there's a lot going on there. Because, like, because what does Napoleon even do in it? Like, I think he, like, oh, he has his battle plans. That's right. He has his, like, little, because yeah. he makes it look like a water slide when he's, like, invading Europe. Like, what are you doing? Like, what is happening here? Can we talk about this presentation? Because, like, okay, one, do you reckon they had a tech rehearsal? Because there's a lot going on in there. Like, the lights and, like, the smoke. Like, like, or was this improv? Like, where did they have the time to plan this presentation? They didn't. I think it's meant to be, like, they just improv it on the spot. But, boy, like, what a presentation. Okay, just think you're in, let's say, ancient history in high school, right? And, by the way, for some reason, this warrants a whole school assembly. You're doing your history presentation. (laughs) we've We've rocked up to assembly. I, yeah. We're sitting there ready to go with our presentations. We think they're pretty good. I'm doing mine on Ramses the Second, and you're, I don't know, who are you doing yours on? I don't know, but like, I'll do Napoleon. <laughs> I'll do sure. a better one. We're sitting there, we got our, we got our Microsoft PowerPoints ready to go. <laughs> and then this happens. The, the guys before us get up and do this. It's ridiculous. And it's funny because like the stepmom rocks up as well. And like, like <laughs> yes, oh, the best right. line of the movie. The best line of the movie is when they're like interviewing Sigmund Freud. And then he like tries to get Billy on the couch. But then Billy's like, <laughs> then Bill's like, oh, I've got an eatable complex. <laughs> I'm like, th- that's like uh, the smartest line of the movie. I'm like, well done. Yeah. And it kind of cuts to the mum and she's like, oh, okay. But again, more content like that of like, we're in on the joke because we understand like, you know, what it's referencing would have been great. Yeah. Like this, oh man. But that that final presentation is like, it's. what did you think of it, Brenton? Well, okay, put it this way. If I was grading that... <laughs> If I was the teacher and I was looking and I was looking at my curriculum sheet and I was going, hmm, are they living like because they're not doing any of the curriculum. Like, really? No. Think, like, oh, mate, well, actually, we don't know. We don't know I blame what the, the teacher for is. this, Brenton. I blame the teacher for them failing, for, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally do, too. You know what? I'd probably give it an A-plus for effort. Yeah, probably. Oh, it's funny, because we see the teacher write Fs even before the presentation has started. But then, like, 
And, but, and he writes, writes an F in a way that you can so see him easily putting a final stroke for an A. But, like, we never see that moment. Like, I don't even think we know what we got. I don't know. I don't think that we actually find the final grade. I think they pass. I think I think they get the A+. Plus. Surely. Yeah. Like, yeah, surely. Obviously. That's what like, happens. They must. But also, should they? Like, are they actually saying anything that significant when they do it? No. Like, no. no. Like, if you actually listen to their presentation, they're not, they're saying anything like an open, par- like, they're saying anything that the first paragraph of Wikipedia could tell you. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly that, by having the actual historical figure there, could you imagine the actual histo- like historiography that you could do with that? It's like, oh, Lincoln could actually talk to us about what was going on with the Confederacy. Like, the like Socrates, there's so much we don't know about ancient Greece. So let's chat about it. Yeah, exactly. But they do some, like, weird miming routine instead. Like it, Exactly. It comes back to what you said with the uh, with the teacher before. It comes back to the fact of, like, if you actually wanted a, an interesting presentation, you wouldn't be like, oh, please use every single one of the historical figures from all different time zones, you know, that we've spoken about and try and relate them to each other. Maybe that's an interesting idea. And maybe there'd be some threads to keep you through, you know, these wildly different people who have wildly different personalities and traits and views and whatnot, and try and link something together about them all or point out the differences between them. But it's just kind of like the assignment expects you to just say, I know who Socrates is or or was. And uh, I know basically, you know, where he was, that what he did, and that's about it. And now moving on to Abe Lincoln, who I also know did this and that. Oh. He died on this date from this, and it's just bizarre. It is. At the same time, like, it's it's kind of an interest, like, not interesting. It's, it, you know, it's this big moment at the end of the thing, uh, end of the film. It's like this big thing that kind of is meant to incorporate everything that we've we've done so far. All the people we've, like, mm. met so far and incorporate everything. And again, it just could have been so much better. <laughs> it could have been so funny. It could have been so much better. And you know what's funny as well? Like, they end it with them just blatantly using the time machine in front of everyone. Why? Why would that be the way that you end it? You know what I mean? Like, you're not even doing, like, thing, like, afterwards. Like, they presume it's like a magic show. It's like, are they getting an A for the magic? I definitely think so. That's what I mean. I mean, I'd give him an A for that if I was a teacher. <laughs> a, a plus for effort, A plus for the presentation side of things, but the content, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. The thing that's the thing that's really cool too that could have happened, and I was thinking this one watching it, like there's something cool in the fact of like what we presume is history and to watch is actually the true history, you know what I mean? Because yeah, we don't yeah. know the true history because we weren't there. So there's something fun that could have happened have been like, oh, well, the history book says this, and it's like, and they get it wrong. Because they're going off what actually happened. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's hilarious, for example, with Napoleon with the water slide map. <laughs> like, that's really funny. Yeah. It's like, it's because Napoleon thought of a strategy like he would a waterfall or a water slide. And the teacher's like, where the fuck are you getting that information from? <laughs> and then it's like, and it's like exactly. oh, never mind. Like, that's that's funny. Like, that that's a cool idea. Were you startled, Brenton, at the number of high school kids that carry lighters with them? <laughs> Because, Jesus, when they all applaud, they all hold up their lighters, and, like, every single one of them has got the biggest lighter known to man. And why is this okay? Like, why? why yeah! Why, like, like, there's, like, a hundred of them just being held up at once. I'm like, Jesus, you could start a fire okay. here with all that. Could you imagine, At we went to the same high school. I mean, we did, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> but we go to assembly, the full school assembly, all the junior school kids are there, we're all yeah. there in, like, the, the sports hall, and everyone just whips out a lighter at some stage and just starts like could you imagine what would happen like could you imagine the, our headmaster at the podium and just seeing a thousand lighters being held up and he's just like visibly startled by it <laughs> he's just yeah. like what do i do here and then imagine just like the newsletter that goes home like the next week of like oh my we realized the major safety uh failure we had last week when we put your student put our student 
through this and whatnot, and this happened. We have reprimanded those who were involved and whatnot, but like we are very sorry that any any crisis uh, may have happened. You know, we take the we've take the uh, the safety of our students with utmost you know importance and whatnot. But in this, yeah. it's just like let's just all whip out live flames and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like you just shake your head. Like what are you doing? Why? Here? You know what pisses me off as well? Why? Why do Kia? Why do Bill and Ted fall in love with Rufus? Like he's in the movie <laughs> for like 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 I know. three scenes. He's barely in it. But like every time they see him, they're like, "Whoa, Rufus! This guy! This guy! He's the guy!" Going into it, I thought he was going to be a much bigger character than what he was because he's like the third yeah. build character in it. You're like, "Oh, well, he's going to be coming in, maybe be the voice of reason or something during it, or like give us more information about the future and provide some funny laughs about the future timeline or whatnot." Like it, that that'd be cool. But instead, he just kind of he's like, "Here's the yellow pages. Fuck off." Have fun. Yeah. It's never explained as well. Like, you think it explains some context of the movie, but he just doesn't. Like, he rocks up, gives him the phone booth, and they have a little double scene, which is kind of nice. You get the best line of the movie. Bill, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I like that. Like, again, like, more of that is fun. Like, more of the commenting yeah. on actually what's going on and that the film is self-aware could have been fun. But we had to care about what was these characters and what was going on to begin with yeah. to make it interesting. But yeah, I agree. That's a funny line. Like, lines like that are funny. It's great. But then Rufus goes and then we don't see him until the very end of the movie you see rufus rock up at the end of the movie and he's brought the two princesses like to like close a kind of thing yeah. that they i mentioned before or like they want to go to the prom with the princesses and like it's so funny because like bill and ted asked them like oh princesses where did you get these dresses and they're like oh rufus introduced us to something called the mall and a credit card and i was sitting in my couch with my bloody pjs on and my cup of coca and i'm like hold up first off <laughs> what bank <laughs> in the 80s would give these princesses credit cards. Like, how the fuck did they get approved for a credit card? I just presume that Rufus did some future magic and just got them for him. Maybe. May- I, I, probably, actually. Because I'm like, there's no way they would have background checked those princesses. Let alone, like, again, like, it comes back to the fact of, like, all the historical figures or anyone from the past just acts so normal in the modern world. Yeah. And just goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Credit card. Sure. Captain America, when he goes into the future, like, repeatedly, like, goes, wait, wait, what's going on? Who's that? He makes a little list. He's like, I got to catch up on shit. Like, he, he's like actively trying to keep up. These characters couldn't give two shits. I love that you keep using MCU references to, like, justify how to do this properly. Like, I, I love it. It's I so know. funny. But you know what's even funny? Even, like, the MCU holds back on, like, being like, whoa, we're out of time. Like, even when, like, Brie Larson rocks up from the 90s, she's not like, whoa, what's an iPhone? You know what I mean? Like, they rock up, yeah. do their business, and get out. But they still acknowledge the fact they've been displaced, you know? like Totally. Totally. Otherwise, it wouldn't mean anything. And that is how you sum up this movie. It doesn't mean anything. It means literally nothing. Why do you think George Carlin signed on to play Rufus? Like That's a good question. I mean, do you know the answer? Did you do research? No. Like, I, oh. I have no idea. But again, like the deeper question that we haven't still haven't answered is, and that I think our listeners need to answer for us, is why is this film so beloved? Why do people love this? Why does this get? Why did this get a sequel? And people are losing their shit yeah. over the fact that it's getting another sequel. Why is this happening? What is it about this that sets it aside from anything? I just really, don't know. I just don't get it. I I feel like there's a joke happening, and I'm just not in on it. You know what no. I mean? No, and like I, it's yeah, that's exactly it. Like I feel like people remember only the like maybe three good moments of this movie, and then that's it, and they just cling on to it. So I did like I did kind of like the scene where they see the past versions of themselves, Bill and Ted. Like the future <laughs> versions of themselves. Like, that's a fun moment when they both see each other. But again, there's like, yeah, there could be more done there. But like, I, I appreciate. 
appreciate the moment of like, hey man, make sure you do this. All right, guys. We're Remember it. to set the watch. It's like, oh, shut up, Keanu. I don't want this. <laughs> Brenton, like, the, 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 we find out later in this movie that the main reason they've gotten these historical figures is not to pass the historical test, but to actually just do some chores. That's the only reason them <laughs> as a group actually do anything together. It's to do the housework. So, like, in saying that, Brenton, if you had a time machine and you could go back to get a group of historical figures to do some chores for you, who would you get? Here's the thing. I don't know if historical figures would be the people you'd get to do <laughs> You could just hire just, like, some local, like, you know, people to help. Like <laughs> To be honest, like, if you were to go back in time, like, and you went into some, I don't know, let's say you go back and you go, let's go to medieval England, let's say, and you go into a village. <laughs> you bring back Kevin Costner from Robin Hood. You're like, clean <laughs> yeah. this up. <laughs> you go into a village and you say, hi, everyone. I will give you a week's worth of bread and cheese. You come if you come with me and do some simple cleaning. Like fuck, man, the villagers would just flock to you. They'd be like hell to the yes. Fuck yeah, this guy's got bread. You know, you know, I'll go the opposite direction. I mean, I'll go the future and just like get a robot to do it. Frankly, mate, just go to Rocky. Oh my god, I'll take the robot from Rocky Four. Jeez, (laughs) get the robot. if, If I had to, like, you know, I'd. I don't know. I'd probably, if I had to get some like themed, like, you know, house cleaners, maybe I'd go to like Japan or something like that because they're pretty clean. So maybe get the Japanese to do a job or like, I don't know. Again, you don't need to go back in time for this kind of shit. Which, even if you, like, say you were Bill and Ted and you had to like go to history, where would you go, Brenton? Just just in general. Again, like, it's hard to know because like the thing I always take into consideration is that there's places that I would go to in an instant, right? Yeah. But you have to understand that when you go to somewhere that like they're not going to acclimatize to you. Yeah, you got to fit in. They're going to see an outsider and fucking probably I don't know what they're going to attack do to probably you know? like So if I went to ancient Egypt, which I would love to go to and just like check out and see what it was like. Yeah. There's a greater chance that I'm not coming back from that trip. You no. Know I mean? <laughs> God like, no. You are long dead Brenton. But like say yeah. you were protected. I don't know. Like if like, like Egypt's mine, like I'd love to go back and see Egypt and yeah. like see I w- what I'd love to see the seven ancient wonders. Like I'd love to see what like yeah. like what Mesopotamia actually was like or like Babylon or like like the re- cuz I feel like they've been overhyped. I feel like if you actually saw the hanging gardens of Babylon, I feel like it maybe just be like a, like a small garden. You know what I mean? Like maybe not though. Like back then, it would have been impressive. Potentially, yeah. Potentially not though. Potentially, you'd go back and you'd be like, "Holy fuck, this is like on a whole nother level." And like, I don't know what you know happened. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because there's or so even, much we don't know. No, would you see the dinosaurs? If I could want to see a dinosaur, like or a mammoth, that'd be kind of cool. I'd want to see a dinosaur. I'd want to see a saber toothed tiger, but the danger associated. They're with that. very. They would kill you instantly. Like yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I don't even know if they would necessarily kill you instantly. I don't know if the climate is right back then for you to Actually, be yeah, fucking true. wandering around. Like I don't know if like it's healthy to be wandering. Like I don't know what, what the temperature is like. Like you know how's the oxygen levels on Earth right now? Like you know who knows. Especially back then like you know or you just like step on some grass and it fucking poisons you and causes you to have a skin condition and you fucking writhe on the ground in agony and die it's, i don't that's, know there's who so knows? much going on here that they just don't take into consideration brenton it's a, it's a good thing that time machines have not been invented yet that we know of. they never should be right like it's a bad idea inventing a time machine right like only bad things can come of time travel uh, yes it i would say so yes. imagine because if you had a time machine you'd be oh if i fuck up so i can go back 10 seconds and make sure it never happens but you know what i mean like it'd just be so you'd create so many new timelines and also life you would never fuck up and that's kind of the point of life in a way as well like you need to make those mistakes what i feel like would be interesting with the whole time machine debate is that the thing that would answer for us or for the time traveler is actually how time works you know what i mean yeah you would get a definitive answer of like how this affects that 
you know, how many multiverses you're making or whatever, if that's, you know, the case. Or, you, like, you you might get a definitive answer. But I feel like that's the only good that might come of it. Potentially, you don't know how far things could go wrong. And then on top of that, if time works in the certain ways that we think it does, like, we wouldn't even know. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe I was not meant to drink this water right now in some other timeline. And maybe, because I will drink it now. Oh, don't get me started on the butterfly. Didn't <laughs> drink the water. Fuck, I don't want to talk about time jump anymore. Let's get into some special segments. Special segment! Ooh, so special. Brenton, do you reckon this movie would be a good theme park ride? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> this feels like it was adapted from a theme park ride. That's right. I, I, feel, like, I feel like this theme park ride exists. Somewhere. Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's a small world, but in different time periods rather than nations. I feel like this exists already. Like, I can see the Bill and Ted animatronics being like, hey guys, let's go. You know, and- <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised that Keanu Reeves hasn't just like done like a live show where he's just gone around America recreating his little presentation. You know what I mean? Because it would get bank. <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah. He, he like, doesn't go on to have, like, a, a, a famous film career or whatever or become a movie star or star in John Wick. He just, like, a travelling circus, basically, oh, in which he does, this, he does this time travel act. You know what, as well? I could see, like, if this was a theme park ride, I, I wouldn't have it, like, as a roller coaster. I feel like this would be, like, a live show that you get in the theme park with Keanu. Yeah. And they'd be like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, give a round of applause for Napoleon. And, like, he just stumbles out, you know? like Sure. It's, like, one of those interactive shows that they have at those, at, like, Disney and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's certain like there's certain animatronics there's certain like technical things that happen during the show um, but it's like still in kind of a theatre like sure it's a theatre that's got tricks and bobs and everything but yeah I can see that mm. for sure would this work as a video game? yes and no <laughs> like it could but I don't know how good the video game would be and I was over being in this universe after an hour and a half right? yeah and any game is going to be much longer oh than that oh my goodness but also with a game you could do I feel like there's, there's something you could do here like you travel to multiple time periods and you got to achieve a mission like I feel Assassin's Creed kind of does this in a way, but they dedicate one game to each time period. But imagine Assassin's Creed with Bill and Ted. But you're playing as Ted or Bill. I'd love it if we could assassinate Bill or Ted. That'd make me want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think the target's like the Pope or something like that, but then it turns out it's actually Ted. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Ubisoft, can you do an Assassin's Creed where there's like an Easter egg somewhere that like Bill and Ted just rock oh. up at a point and like, you have to assassinate them? Totally. This is most unfortunate. And they just get stabbed. Like, <laughs> Oh, jeez. I didn't see that coming. I just can't. Brenton, I want to introduce a new segment as well on this called This Movie Has a Broken Premise, I, which we haven't done the whole episode. We need to talk about the time travel rules, Brenton. So you, what you're saying is this special segment can be anything that's broken in terms of like a plot hole or something. Just with the general premise. Sure, but for this this movie specifically, we need to get into time travel. Nathan, where do you want to start, buddy? So the way this universe works is that you go back in time, you nick someone, you bring them back. Time passes as you time travel for some reason like they can't go back to when they left for some reason they have only 10 hours to time travel because that's how much time there is for the history exam but not really there's that but also like when they put people back in the past which we don't see it doesn't affect the future no here's the thing i think what is so it must be a multiverse right yeah i guess so maybe the 10 hour thing derives from the fact maybe the time machine only works for 10 hours maybe there's only enough juice in it for 10 hours potentially oh yeah maybe. true even though it's broken for half the movie because again they do go and they see themselves at a point right they go yeah. back to the wrong point and they get out and they say g'day how you going and it doesn't really do anything no that's the thing yeah there's no ramifications for them seeing themselves or anything like that like like it kind of like it's like a paradox where like if they presume they are going to say the correct things because they do say the correct things like it's never really interrogated and furthermore in the second third in the second half of the movie 
Keanu kind of realizes that he has this kind of power where if he reminds himself to do something in the future, it works as a deus ex machina to get them out of a situation. Which is a, it's... <laughs> Which just, because for some reason, like, a trash can appears. I don't know where to, like, go on his father, who's an asshole the whole movie. And, like, it's never really explored. It's like this whole keys thing is set oh, up. Oh, sure. Point. You God. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh. And, and you can tell that it's going to fucking come up again at some yeah. point. The keys were so annoying. He's like, I don't have my keys. And it's like, well, you can't really do anything. Like, you can't get in your house. You can't get in your car. So, like, how's how's the dad functioning without his keys? Like, it's just bizarre. Because he's still living his life. He's still doing things. That, yeah. That made no sense to me. Maybe something else, but it's always the keys. The keys, the keys, the keys. And I'm just like, oh, Like, God. shut yeah. up. Like, no one, like, I love when he tries to book Napoleon. I'm like, because he's just not talking about the keys. It's like, when were you born? He's like, oh, Feb 14, like 1809, whatever it is. It's like, cool. <laughs> that dad's a shit character. He, he really is, actually. Also, where's the mum? Is she just like, where are the? Where's the original mother as well for Bill? Like, I don't know. Maybe, I, I like to think Bill's had a few <laughs> mums. <laughs> I just can't. I really can't. I, I reckon, I actually reckon, I reckon that's like the fifth step mum. Oh, I just, and they get progressively younger. It's just so creepy. Like, that's the thing. So like, you see the, it's like, so you see them time travel and you see them go about, but also for some reason, time itself, when they travel for the phone booth is represented as like these computer wires as they're like, traveling through but it also it's not it's fine if you're like outside the phone booth as you travel through time like there's no heat like at one point like they got the historical figures literally riding the phone booth and it's okay yeah like no, no one's injured in that process i had a question about that is specifically did they call those like time like they're like the time cords is how I would describe it. But did they call them like the timelines? Like there's like I think so. I can't remember the the title they gave. It's like with like shitty eighty CGI as well. Oh man, it's so bad. It's so it's bad. So terrible. Yeah, you're right. How did like how did those people survive like hanging off the side of the time machine? I don't know. There's no answer for it. Like there's just no thought put into this kind of thing. Like it's I think because today we're so used to movies like Interstellar and Arrival, like being so meticulous with their time travel like regards to it. Even Endgame has like a better attitude towards time travel than this. Look, I think know? it's always important in time travel, but it's important in and this is it comes back to just simple storytelling. It's important to establish the rules of the world that you create. Every mm. world needs rules and I don't mean like, you know, laws or legislation. I mean like rules in terms of like we have gravity, we have this, we have that. Of rules yeah. of like that are consistent in storytelling so that you know what can and can't work. When you don't have those like something like this, it just means anything's on the table and again the stakes are out the window. Like, like you don't care because why should you? Because they didn't care enough to put the work in in the first place. So again, we're having this conversation and we're kind of just going around in circles. We're kind of in a time loop now. Oh no, <laughs> Brenton! Oh no, let's get out of it. What stills this movie? <laughs> So guys, what stills this movie is a segment on the show where Nathan or myself or both of us together sometimes Ooh, we hold hands. We choose a still or a frame. Yeah, we do. We sure do. We hold frames and point we hold we hold hands, sorry. <laughs> we hold hands and the frames. It's a team effort. <laughs> and we, we point at it and we go, that's the one. Now we choose a we choose a still, a frame, a single frame from the film that we think is funny, that looks good. Or it's just very poignant. This is none of those things, Brenton. You can find it on our uh, on our social pages, links below. <sighs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You, this episode, I think, is actually kind of getting to. You. I think it actually. I'm just. I'm just flabbergasted, Brenton. I, I'm exhausted, to be honest with you. It's it's gonna be okay, buddy. We're gonna make it's it just... through. They go to medieval England, and they. Get, I don't know. They're bloody doing parts of the Caribbean by this point. They're just bloody fucking about doing parkour around it, and like, at, <laughs> at one point, like. Can, I'm done. Can you do this, Brenton? I actually can't do this. So, for some reason, for some reason, we have this shot 
of the of the time machine. You know, the probably the most important thing that they they need to, again to get away with this. And because they just left it somewhere at this point, it is on a cart. It is tied with rope to a cart. <laughs> and what's what's interesting about this as well is the way it's tied down. So it's obvious that like the the props department or whatever has just tied this thing down because you can see the ropes go under the roof. Yeah, like if you look at it closely, it's bizarre. Anyway, it's being it's on a cart. There's a guy in an awful medieval. <laughs> costume Jeez. with a terrible helmet on that is just like casually cutting. It looks like Vader's helmet. It does. It looks it yeah. actually does. Yeah. Maybe it is Vader. Maybe Anakin Skywalker's oh back here. I would like, could you imagine if Hayden Christensen rocked up like <laughs> I wish. You will not take her from me. Um <laughs> <laughs> What does he say to Padme? He's like I am forever haunted by the kiss you gave me. He's <laughs> just clinging <laughs> to the phone booth like uh. You turned her against me. You have done that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a time travel movie with Obi and Anakin. Now, there's a film that needs to be made. Maybe, hey, man, maybe in this new season of The Clone Wars. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I maybe have. some shit gets maybe some shit gets crazy. It's pretty mate, you gotta see the Siege of Mandalore. That's a good moment. Oh yeah. Yeah, bloody Ahsoka versus D- Darth Maul. I'll tell you what. Oh. That was a good app. Sounds like a good time. Ooh. But, but anyway, back still. to the still. <laughs> um like I laughed when I saw this, and I think that's why this is what stole this movie. But like I just wanna know what happened if like they just Took the where were they taking this phone booth? Like, were they gonna like chop it up? Like, what what was the story here? Potentially, they were taking it to their ruler. What is this object? Like, what is this thing someone's crafted? Who would have seen this to take it away? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, Maybe like the what do they call them? The ugly medieval dudes. I think that's who he would have inspected. <laughs> oh, you know what was the worst thing about this movie? The fact that Keanu falls down the stairs and they stab the the knight armor, and he's like, "Haha, I rolled out of it." I'm like. Bullshit, Keanu. You don't just <laughs> roll out of a fucking knight's armor. It's like, I just can't. Nathan, it's better not to ask questions. Well, hey. Hey, let's look at this film's poster. Blenton. Yes? Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? What the fuck is George Carlin <laughs> in this poster, Brenton? <laughs> he's, my, he's definitely my favorite part of this poster. In fact, I think that like if you just cropped out... That image. That should be the poster. Not even. I think that should be our still for the week. Oh my (laughs) god! This sums up the movie, frankly. Like it's all over the place, dude. So you have, you have. We're in the Milky Way. Yeah. For some reason, Earth, the Moon, and then Saturn are all next to each other. But also, if you look on the right of Keanu, there's also a second Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Like okay, and another Earth. Like above yeah, that as well. Yeah, that is with Earth. a third I'm, moon. I'm, with another moon. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so they, they. I think Bill and Ted forgot what planets are in hell. Did George Lucas design this poster and was like, "We need like five more Earths. We need like four more moons." There's another Saturn as well. Yeah, and another Earth above George's yeah. moon. What's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> I just this is too good. I can't do this it. This is too. And then good. it's like it's it's bloody Keanu and like Alex. What are they? What's their poses? The time machine is blasting off. The telephone box is blasting off. They're sitting on top of it with one hand on their chest and one hand out in the weird gesture inside the telephone booth lincoln napoleon socrates and genghis and they're all just hanging out uh. socrates is doing the weirdest pose ever yeah so wait napoleon's got his hand in his shirt what's going on there <laughs> what? abe lincoln looks horrified <laughs> yeah. abe lincoln's probably got the most normal pose out of the lot of them to be honest like yeah but his facial expression is definitely like Fuck Priceless. me, like, this is not good news. Anyway, so they're blasting off, and the tagline is, history is about to be rewritten by two guys who can't spell. But underneath the title is a second like, log line, which is, time flies when you're having fun. Now, that's a good one. 
I I that's a I respect one. I respect that tagline. I think that's a, a good time. But personally, I'm not going to be hanging this on my wall <laughs> anytime no, soon. No, this is all. This I'm, is I kind of I kind of love it so over the place in terms of its like placement of all these different Earths and all the different Saturns and all the different moons because it's kind of like this film. It sums it up. It's just all over the place. It's just nothing oh. makes sense. Just throw it in. You couldn't have said it better, Brenton. So title talk. Ooh, it's the title. I hate this title. I don't like it at all. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It sounds so basic, like a five-year-old wrote it. Like, <sighs> I it, it don't sound, know. Maybe a five-year-old did write it. Maybe that's where they got the title from. <laughs> I feel like, you know the title for the film, Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Which, by the way, is a better movie than this. Yeah, I agree. So I feel like a title like that is like more apt for, for this. Dude, Where's My Phone Booth? <laughs> But you know what, it's, I, I, for, as far as the title talk element of it goes, they do say excellent quite a lot. So like That's true. Yeah. What, did they have an excellent adventure? You know what? They didn't have an excellent adventure. If someone recounted this to me as a story, I wouldn't call that adventure excellent. I feel like Bill and Ted is the good part of the title. Like, it needs to be Bill and Ted. I think you need to replace excellent with a different adjective. I think it needs to be, like, Bill and Ted's, like, convoluted adventure. Or, like, subpar. I was going to say subpar. Can we say Bill and... Can we just call it Bill and Ted's fuck-up? Because <laughs> it's just them fucking up history. That's that's what the whole thing I'm is. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I'm going to do a Photoshop, change that part of the poster, and then put it on my wall, I think. Well done. We we did it. Let's pass that power to the people. Pass it here. What? The power to the people. I'm looking at the tomato meter. He's looking. I'm beside myself because critically it has this. it has a score of 70, 79% with an audience score of 75%. What the fuck? Why did what this get so many positive on? reviews? There's obviously a big fan base for this and I just want to hear from them. I just want to hear from them and be told why. Guys, tweet at us. Like, tell us why you love We're this movie. begging you. We, we need to hear what's going on. Look at the box office. It had a budget of 6.5 million and made 40.5 million. So this was popular, you know? Like, people went and saw this film. Let's hear some opinions. La- Larry Carroll from CountingDungle.com. He gave it four out of five, Brenton. He's one of them. And he said, still funny after all these years. This is the rare kind of movie that you could watch along with your kids and actually feel like you're teaching them something. Oh, Larry. Larry. Larry, no. What a larrikin. Larry... Larry, what are you on, mate? Like, that's... this. What are this... they learning? What Are they learning what not to do with time travel? <laughs> this movie doesn't teach you anything. I feel sorry for the kids who, like, learn historical basis from, like, this film, you know? like He also says this is the rare kind of movie as well, so I don't know what other films he's been showing his kids to teach them things. It's like, what are you giving them? Like, eyes wide shut? It's like... Jesus, like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta like, you gotta. There's there's way better edutainment movies you can give kids, including Docos. Furthermore, which you could just give a kid yeah. that find interesting. It's like including biopics that you could give your kids that would teach you more about a certain person in history than this shit. Oh. There's great kids entertainment out there that's educational. None of the museum teaches you more about the historical figures in that film than this piece of shit oh, ever does. Tenfold, yeah. Watch the whole Night of the Museum trilogy. Do that. Okay, that was a ridiculous excerpt from a ridiculous review. Like, what a, what a statement. But Kevin Carr might top it. Oh my god. <laughs> when he, from 7M Pictures, when he says, with a positive review, still relatable today. Nathan, this film has never been relatable. <laughs> what is there to relate to about <sighs> what? I have no idea on. what I empathise with in this film. Like, oh yeah, that's relatable. Like, I've always wanted to go to like a sports store and like beat up the mannequin. Like, that's really relatable, isn't it? Nathan, I feel like I'm Mugatu at the end of Zoolander when he's all like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel, I feel like I'm from another 
multiverse or something in which in the, our universe everyone loves this movie for some reason and we're just it's like bizarre. what has happened like what is going on ggr gives it half stars and says it is the most ridiculous movie i have ever seen and is one of my favorite movies of all time look it, it is a ridiculous film but then to call it one of your favorites of all time what i, I can see how people think like this might be so ridiculous it's good maybe but but mate he gave it three and a half stars and he says it's one of his favorite films of all time i mean you know we're all we're all, you know, love what you want. You know, if it's his favorite film, more power to him. I wish it was, you know what? If he's loving it for the ridiculousness, I wish it was more ridiculous. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. forget the history exam. Just have them fuck about through time the whole movie. If you're going to make it ridiculous, just do that. I'm I'm totally with you, man. David F. He gave it two stars and he wrote, goofy comedy with some nostalgia value only. I, I think that's it. I think it's just nostalgia, maybe. Like, And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, you only like it for nostalgic reasons. Because obviously there's more to it than that. But like, you know. I do know, actually. Yeah, I, I agree that like we can't just put it on nostalgia. Maybe people just have nostalgia because again we don't know the reasons really why people love this like the reviews the positive reviews here say it's relatable <laughs> and educational which you like <laughs> which is like you know so please tell us because I just I need to understand it Lena7623 says I'm a college graduate in history and to this day I still pronounce Socrates wrong initially initially because of this movie that's its lasting power. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. That's a really funny story, actually. Because... Yeah. They say, like, Socrates, I think. Yeah, I, f- I feel like when they say it wrong, I wanted them... I wanted that joke to be right. I wanted them to actually go back in time and for so- Socrates to be like, yeah, like, that's my name. <laughs> like, and that's how they all pronounce it. Like, that would have been really funny. Yeah. Um, but then they didn't But do again, that, they so. just do nothing with it. And lastly, Nathan Terrell wrote on YouTube, this is what happens if Neo took the other pill. <laughs> And you know it's what? Really He's probably not wrong. And I kind of, I kind of want to see that movie as well. Like for some reason, that'd be great. Like at the end of it, Keanu wakes up, and it turns out this was Matrix Four. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's funny. Like that, that is hilarious. And I'd kind of want to see the crossover, like because Matrix Four and Bill and Ted Three are coming out, right? Yeah. So like, there's links between them both. That'd be great. Like the the Wachowskis decided to build a cinematic universe. So like, fuck it, it could work. Like, screw it, let's do it. Yeah, why not, man? It wouldn't hurt either film, to be honest. Like, if you compare Bill and Ted to the Matrix sequels, it's like, they could both only improve from here. That's true. I think Bill and Ted has got one up on the Matrix sequels, though. I feel, like, actually, no, you're kind of right. They're kind of in the same zone of just, like, insanity. It really is. Like, they could only benefit from this crossover, you know? Like, I debated I debated putting in the special segment. Do it, guys. Like, Brenton, I debated putting in the special segment MCU, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't want these fuckers anywhere near the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh. No, thank you at all. But put them in the Matrix universe. You know, they can go play there. Why not? Come on, Warner Brothers. Let Make it happen. Make it happen. For now, that was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Oh, Bill and Ted's fuck up, as we like to call it. Yeah, I, I do like to call it I'm that. I'm exhausted, Brendan. Just, just wrap us up and take us home. There's there's never been a time that I want to know more, though, when our, what our audience thinks of a film. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Let, let us know if you like this movie, why you like this movie. I just need to understand. I think Nathan's had enough, though. So I'm just I'm so fucking We're going to go. <laughs> it's not even like Lamb Before Time or Breakfast Club anger I feel for this movie. It's just like, it's just general. I feel like I've eaten like a bad fruit you know what i mean and my stomach is in pain yeah and i just gotta shit it out i feel like that nathan will be back next week guys he'll be back he'll be back after some bowel movements he just needs to do his dump and he'll be good so until (laughs) then uh 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sound bite I'm grabbing for this episode. Until then, uh, stay safe. Uh, listen to some other episodes from, from nicer times. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can't wait to hear from you. So uh, that's us out. It's classic movie banter and not wild stallions. See you later, guys. <laughs>